0: This morning, I don't have a specific Bible passage for you to turn to, and so hopefully you have a copy of the Scriptures and you can check some of the things that I'm going to be sharing here in the next few moments, but today's going to look a little bit different um, because not only are we going to celebrate missions later in our service, but I just want to talk about some stuff um, and just some thinking forward to what God is asking us to do as a congregation. Somebody just asked me in the hallway, they said, do you still get nervous when you get up to, to teach? And I don't get nervous, been, been doing this for 13, 14 years now, and so by God's grace, I don't feel like I get nervous anymore, but I feel the weight of this responsibility that I have to shepherd this church, and uh, I'll be totally just transparent with you this morning. That weight is exponentially heavy this morning, and I'm not quite sure why, and so just would covet your prayers today. Um, there's a different weight that I'm feeling right now, and I'm not sure why, and it almost makes me emotional, and I'm not really sure why, because I'm not an emotional guy, so um, can we just pray? And then uh, I, w- I want to share just some, some vision with you all this morning. God, we love you. Jesus, we thank you that we have the privilege to be part of your story. God, not only the story of salvation that you've graciously called us into your family, but God, you've allowed us to play a part in your story of the church around the world at this point in time. And God, specifically, you've allowed us to be a part of the story of Living Hope Columbus. God, we have been um, recipients of seeing the front row of, Lord, so many things that you've done in our midst in these last five years, things we could have never asked or imagined, but to the glory of God and for the name of Jesus to be spread among the nations, Lord, you've allowed us to see it. And so, God, I pray these next few moments as Lord, I just have the privilege to share and we get to hear from some of our ministry leaders Lord, that you would continue to knit our hearts together, God, that we would be in this space today in a spirit of humility, God, only and above everything, wanting to see the name of Jesus made known. That's why we exist. That's why we do this. So, Lord, I pray that our preferences would be left at the door, and that, God, you would do something special in our midst as we gather, and it's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Like I said, today I want to cast a little vision for where we want to go as a church, but I want to share with you a question I heard years ago, and it was this. If the church ever closed its doors, would the community around it even know that it's gone? And when we started Living Hope, or we're coming up on our fifth birthday in like five weeks, which is crazy for us to think about, that question has always, for these last five years, has resonated in the forefront of my mind If the church closed its doors, if Living Hope Columbus someday ceased to exist, would the community that exists around here, across Northwest Columbus, even realize that we weren't there anymore? That question has haunted me as I've pastored this church. About four years ago, we we set out to kind of give some direction of who we were going to become and what we wanted to be as a church, and we laid out a vision that we haven't shared it a ton, but occasionally we remind our church that the main reason that we exist is this, is that we want to be a transforming presence in Northwest Columbus for generations to come. I hope that you hear that. We don't want to be a church that exists just for now. We want to be a church that exists for the future that exists years beyond us because someday each one of us has an expiration date and someday that expiration date will come. And I've always prayed and begged God, Lord, would you do something that resonates further than my life, further than the here and now? I've always thought of Jeremiah 17 verse nine when Israel was in exile. And in that verse, Jeremiah 17 verse nine, God gives Israel some very specific instructions. And what he tells them is to seek the welfare of the city in which I've placed you as exiles. You remember what Peter said in his letter to the churches? Peter said that we're strangers, we're foreigners, we're exiles on this earth. This isn't home for you and me if we're followers of Jesus. Someday we get to go to heaven. Someday we will be with Jesus. And until then, we're just passing through until our address changes for eternity. But just like God told Israel, I think there's a similar command for us that while we're here, while God has placed us temporarily in this space, that we need to be seeking the welfare of the community, Northwest Columbus, in which God has called us. So how have we always sought to do this? Our mission has always been simple, that we want to help people find and follow Jesus. But the reason we exist, our mission as a church, it's always on the front of your bulletin. Everything we do channels down from that simple mission, helping people find and follow Jesus. We do our part and then we trust Jesus to do his. In five years, I've never set, and there's a reason for this, I've never set salvation and baptism goals for this congregation. Why? Because if we don't achieve those, then somehow we think we're failures. I'm here to remind us this morning, Jesus saves, not us. Jesus saves, not me. We trust Jesus to do his part, and that's to save souls. It's, remember what Jesus said, that he will draw men to himself. That's not up to us. We create the space, we walk in obedience, we're faithful followers of Christ, and then we let Jesus do what he does. Even in this past year, by the grace of God, that we've seen 12 people put their faith in Jesus that we know of and go through the waters of baptism. That's amazing for us to think about. But now in year five of this church, we've seen Jesus do Ephesians 3.20. You know my catchphrase, that we're living in the middle of a miracle. I believe that. Think back, some of you were with us five years ago when we couldn't find a space of our own and we met down at Good News Church just up the street. And then God opened the door for us to go to Davis Middle School about two miles from here. It was the best of days and the worst of days. So many Sundays we would come in. Y'all remember the Sunday, some of our our kids' workers where mice had infested our kids' cases and there was mouse poop everywhere. And all of our kids' volunteers were losing their minds. I remember I had to bring you all in the nursery. It was the teacher's lounge and tell you guys, Chill out, right? It's going to be okay. Or the multiple Sundays we came in and skunks had somehow gotten into maybe the ductwork or something and we're trying to worship the Lord, yet it just smells like skunk everywhere. Or the multiple Sundays that we would arrive at that school in the summertime and the air conditioner just wasn't turned on. And do you know that there's not a knob at middle schools to turn the air conditioner up down? You have to go through central office and it's closed on the weekends. But Jesus allowed that to be part of our story. I think of all the community partners that we didn't know five years ago. Yet now we wouldn't be who we are without them. I think of the story when we first came to this building and our setup team, 109 times they set up and tore down and they were tired and they were irritated and they were done. And we were just begging God and a couple locations had fallen through and then we got here. And our first Sunday, concrete floors, nasty walls, cat hair up in the lofts. Y'all remember this? And we just set up curtains, and we set up our worship equipment, and just did whatever we could do that Sunday morning. And I remember some of you guys, I'm not going to call you out today, but I should, walking in this space that first Sunday going, yeah, this isn't going <laughs> to work. This isn't going to work. This isn't going to be a church. But Jesus did Ephesians 3.20. I think it two years ago when we took a step of faith and we started our Finding Hope Center. Our Findings Hope Center is not something we do as a church anymore. It's who we are as a church. Now what's next? And I want to cast vision this morning very specifically, not of new things. I don't think that's where the Lord wants to take us these next couple of years. I don't want to do something new, but a lot of what we hear today is going to be, you're going to say, "Wait, we've already done that. We do that already. Exactly. Let's do it better." Let's go back to the beginning of our story quick, and I want to show you a couple of things. This was the second meeting ever of Living Hope Columbus. That was in my Little Lived Out in Marysville. I want you to note one thing real fast. This is hilarious. He's probably not watching today because the Hills just had a baby, but Taylor Hill still had hair in that photo. (laughs) I think that's so funny. I I love that so much. And we believed In that moment, with just a few families gathered in that room, that that Jesus was going to build something here, and he was going to do something amazing. We cast vision in September of 2018. Some of you might remember this graphic, if we can throw that up there, of what we believed that God wanted us to do to start building this thing from the ground up, and a few things just to think about, our, our membership process. We have about 55 members in our church now. When we did this in late 2018, we had zero discipleship groups, teaching evangelism stuff. Do y'all remember when we we said, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna try to impact uh, refugees and immigrants in Dublin. We're like, how are we gonna do that? I don't know. But we just kept meeting them and we didn't know how we were gonna do that. And so all we knew was we can meet their physical needs, start relational connections. Then we could have gospel conversations and connect them to a church community. We didn't know how we were gonna do any of those things. But by God's grace, just a few years later, it's who we are as a church Pursuing a permanent location, we cast vision, we were in the middle school, look at where we are now. Connecting people to discipleship groups, training people through different opportunities. We, we were able to do all of that stuff. By God's grace, he's allowed us to write a pretty amazing story, but what do we do next? I'm going to give you one word that we're going to focus on the next two years at this church, and it's simply the word Healthy. I believe as I've prayed about this for the last six months and I I brought this to our elders and I've talked to some of our ministry leaders about it that we need to get healthy now as a church. We've spent the past five years building the foundation. Now let's establish ourselves as a permanent fixture in Northwest Columbus. I was thinking about Proverbs 27, 18 this week. This is kind of a random proverb but if you read the Proverbs daily, um, you probably came across this one last month but it says this, whoever tends to a fig tree will eat its fruit. What does that have to do with getting healthy? Well, initially, what do you have to do? You have to plant the tree. But then once the tree starts to grow, what does a gardener know to do? That you have to tend to it if ultimately you want it to continue to produce fruit. And that's the reality for our story now. That now as God has allowed us to kind of lay this foundation and start to build this thing known as Living Hope Columbus, that I believe we have a responsibility over the next two years to help get this thing healthy. I want you to think about something, and Pastor Joe and I were talking about this this week. We have never been positioned like we are now in our story to get healthy as a church. Do you know that at this point in time, we have five pastors on our pastoral team? We have eight deacons functioning in our deacon body. Every staff position in our church right now is filled by someone leading, leading in a high capacity in our church family. And not only that, and I'm going to say this, this, this isn't going on, on the radio, so I can say this. Our church isn't full of just a bunch of like naysaying, not contributing people. You got, and I say this from the bottom of my heart, and, and I, I love that I can say this. We have a pretty amazing church. I, I'm friends with a lot of, of folks around Columbus through Pastor Joe and I's connection to our church planting network. And the things they deal with and struggle with from church members, we don't. Thank you. You guys make living hope what it is. And you've allowed us to get where we are. So how are we gonna get healthy as a church? We're gonna focus on three things these next two years. And let me, let me just repeat this. Um, we're always gonna continue to preach the Bible. We're always gonna continue to engage cultural issues as we're able to and when those things arise. We're, we're gonna continue to do those things that the church is supposed to do to be that megaphone of truth into culture. We're gonna do those things. But these three things are gonna take center stage for us these next few years, all right? And here's what they are. Three words, you're gonna hear us repeat these a lot the next two years. It's the word future, mission, and together. This is where God is directing us these new years. Now again, this is not gonna be a lot of new stuff this morning, so you may leave here and go, wait a second, we've already been doing this. Exactly, let's do it better. Let's get healthier. Let's get these things really drilled down and done right. I'm gonna ask my friend Ryan to come up here and join me for a, the second. I want to talk about this word future for just a minute. Guys, I want you to, to think about something. I, I spend um, a lot of time, like many of you watching the news, a lot of time, come on, Ryan, on social media. And did you you know this, but let me just publicly proclaim this. Our culture is coming after your kids. Hard. Our culture is teaching, trying to teach our children things. That our children have no business knowing. Our culture is coming for them. And if we don't stand in the way, they're gonna get them. I I, I know too many people that I'm connected to relationally, where the culture has suck, sunk its claws into their shoulders and has pulled them away from the very moral guidelines and boundaries. And the saving knowledge of Jesus that they claim to know and suck them down a path of just utter nonsense. If we don't get them, the culture is going to get them. Remember what Jesus said in in Luke 18 verse 6? I love this because the disciples and the people in that culture were pushing the children away from Christ. And what did Jesus say? In anger to them. You can look it up. Let those children come to me. Let them come. First century Jewish culture looked down on kids. They were viewed as a little bit less than everyone else. The adults had the important things to do. Can I just remind us, and this is the truth at our church, that's not true here. Our kids matter at this church, and we will do whatever we have to do as much as we are able to make sure that they know that Jesus saves, God loves them, the Bible is true, and you can anchor your life on all of those things. That's where we'll stand and so Ryan, this last year, has, uh, has taken over as our kids ministry director the first four years of our church. Nikki Adkins did a wonderful job laying that foundation and getting our volunteer base started. And about a year ago, Ryan took over that position. Is that working? Yes. No. Hello? Perfect. Hello? Yes. Perfect. Perfect. And I just wanted him to come and share today because when we talk about kids, um, there's two things that we really just want to make you aware of and things that we're going to drill down on these next couple of years. And the, the first one is this. Let's go ahead and put that up there. Jameson is our discipleship pathway. If you didn't know this, if you're not a kids volunteer, we've tried to get very intentional about what we teach your kids at what stages of life. And it matters. And so, Ryan, you want to just share about that briefly? Um, Go ahead and throw that next one up so people can see. But we focus on four different areas. So go for it, man. And then I'll, yeah.
1: Well, if you weren't uh, fired up about kids ministry before, uh, Aaron just talked about that. I hope you are now because I'm just ready to run to the back and talk to the kids. But Um, Yeah, so, and then what he said is so true, not just for our kids about um, how the devil is attacking them, but we see it in our our kids' parents, we see it in our volunteers, you know, it's a constant daily reminder that there is uh, 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 another force out there that is working against us, so um, this is why it's so important. So for us, you know, um, like uh, Pastor Aaron said, you know, Nikki um, really did a great job of building the foundation for our kids' ministry, And now uh, the next steps is really getting um, our volunteers equipped and our kids equipped um, to be disciples and to go out and to disciple others. And so what we've done over the course of the last uh, couple months is we've rolled out and introduced this new um, curriculum that's based on um, kind of where the kid is and their journey. So from nursery all the way up to our teenagers, the goal is for them, um, you know, if they start you know, in the nursery at our church, and they kind of graduate and glow, you know, that they will have not only seen, you know, kind of every story, um, you know, gone through every phase of of, of the Bible and and the pieces there, they'll be taught ways and equipped really is is the biggest piece, being equipped to go out and share that, um, what they've learned with others and be able to apply it. Because it's not, we talk about this all the time, we don't want our kids to just be able to, you know, go to school and invite kids to come. Or say, you know, you know, when they ask us, well, how can we talk about these things? We go, well, pray about it. Or, well, you know, just bring them to church and we'll tell them about it. That's good, of course, but we want them to be able to be equipped to do those things themselves. And so that's really our challenge. That's why we've changed kind of the curriculum. Um, we just rolled that out in October. And uh, it's been a real blessing for us. So, um, you know, that's something that we've... Uh, that we're gonna to continue to work through. We've worked through some yeah. challenges with that and uh, we're really looking forward to, uh, to continuing that.
0: And you can see each of these phases. So if you're in the nursery, we don't teach anything. It's just God loves you. We want them to know that God loves them and the church is just great. And like that's what they need to know at that age. If you're in our, our brown room, and so like that's our pre-K age, just basic Bible stories. What does the Bible say? What are those basic stories that each one of us needs to know? If you're in our blue room, so that's our K through um, third grade, we want them to see every story in Scripture points to Jesus, even the Old Testament. Jesus is the solution and answer to everything. And then with our GLOW kids, why do I believe what I believe? They spent the last six weeks just looking at truth. And what is the truth of the Scriptures? Like, what is truth? How do we get truth? Where do all those things come from? We want them to be apologetic, meaning that they can defend their faith in Jesus Christ. Let me tell you why it matters. One quick story about your son. I didn't tell you I was going to tell this. Parker, about two months ago, many of us know Parker, he was at school. My wife works at Parker's school. And in the lunchroom, a little boy ran up to Elizabeth and said, Miss Liz, Miss Liz, you're not going to believe what Josh, whoever the kid's name was, you're not going to believe what Josh just said. She said, what did he say? He said, Josh just said that Jesus was God. Can you believe that, Miss Liz? And Liz is like, well, you know, the little boy, whatever this kid's name was, Jesus is God. Like, he is God, and she tried to explain the Trinity to him and all this kind of stuff, and she's trying all this thing. And Parker's sitting there at the lunch table just a little ways over, eating his lunch. And, of course, he heard this conversation. And Parker perks right up, and he goes, uh, haven't you guys ever heard of the Trinity? (laughs) And he uses that next, and Parker started explaining to his lunch table what the Trinity was. Now, I know Ryan and Amber disciple Parker at home, but do you know where he learned about the Trinity? Last year, in kids' ministry. It matters. And we're discipling kids to be missionaries and to engage things in culture. Not only that, not only are we going to focus on a discipleship pathway with kids, but intentional community. Ryan's done a great job of this last year building out things, intentional community for our kids, because we want their friendships not just to be outside the church. But we want them to build deep-rooted friendships here in our congregation too, to the best of our ability. Remember what the Scripture says? Paul said in 1 Corinthians, I think, 1533, um, bad company corrupts good morals. Who your friends are determines who you become. We want your kids to be in Christian godly community with one another. And so, Ryan, what are the the ways we're focusing this year on doing that? Oh, here's a couple photos of our kids. We'll come back to those. Yeah, sorry.
1: They they took too long. They did. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, so, uh, we'll start at the uh, bottom. So, Vacation Bible School, if you were a part of that last year, uh, it was a lot of fun, a lot of engagement. We were able to engage our community in a different way than we've been able to before, and also um, our own kids here. So, uh, last year was Zoomerang. We're looking forward to doing uh, something else again this year and really connect with our community in that way. You know, kind of last year was building the foundation for Vacation Bible School. This year, we want to bring in um, uh, more folks um, more kids for that. So we'll be uh, doing that um, in June is, is the goal. Can we tell um, them the theme? Yeah, the theme, it was been super secret until Not just Not anymore.
0: Now. I put you on the spot, uh, so you don't have a choice.
1: Yeah, the theme, the actual name of it, we're, we'll figure it out, but it's going to be a space theme. So, uh, uh, yeah. uh, yes, going to, going to space. So it, it, there's going to be a lot of cool things that we can do. Or so we'll get into,
0: like, conspiracy theories. Did we go to the moon? All that fun. I'm just kidding. We won't.
1: We're going to try to have like an anti-gravitational room. I don't know yeah, how we're going to do that, great. but we'll, we'll work on it. So that, we're looking forward to that this year. Of course, uh, LH Kids Party. So that's just something that we do um, quarterly, and uh, it's a way for us to, to connect with our kids in church, um, but kind of not in the typical classroom setting, um, just, you know, different Christmas parties, you know, Halloween activity, all those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, we're making sure that we're doing that quarterly. And then our newest uh, thing that we're doing that we look forward to continuing is WizKids. So if you haven't been here to volunteer for WizKids or you haven't been to WizKids, you are missing out. Um, what Whiz, we don't even know what WizKids actually means, but what, what, <laughs> what we do, though, it's really it's Jesus plus fun equals WizKids. And that's all it is. So the whole night is all about Jesus. It's all about fun. Uh, we just had our last one here. We were having snowball fights. Um, we spend time you know, in lesson and craft. It's kind of a mini VBS um, on, a, on the first Monday night of the month uh, from 6 to 7.30. So it's a great time for kids to come out. We've been averaging 15 to 20 kids right around there um, each uh, month. We're looking forward, if we can get the volunteers, shameless plug, we're looking forward to getting, uh, getting that to twice a month instead of once a month uh, like we're doing it right now. So just, again, another time for kids to come here outside of Sunday uh, to really engage in that. Parents go on date, you know, little date nights, get their shopping trip done. We hang out with the kids. Jesus fun. That's what it's all about. So awesome. um, it, it's, a, it, it's a great time. And this, uh, I saw your story there. That you're probably going to share about the candy cane. Yeah. So go ahead.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> don't read my notes. Yeah. And, and let me tell you why community matters. Because, again, even in community, we're, we're teaching the scriptures. And so this past Monday night, Miss Megan was teaching their Bible lesson, and she showed them how the candy cane actually points to the story of Jesus, the letter J, the shepherd's crook, the red stripe talking about the blood of Christ, the white stripe, the the, uh, forgiveness of sins that he offers all people. So she taught that to him. Me and Liz got a text um, from one of the teachers of the school and she said, hey, Sophia was walking with one of our kindergarten buddies back from the caroling that we did and she reached down and she grabbed her hand and she said, hey, have you ever heard the story of the candy cane? And Sophia, a fifth grader, shared the gospel with a kindergartner at school. It matters. And it matters so much. And so, Ryan, I appreciate you, buddy. Thank you. Now go back into the lion's den. <laughs> and, uh, guys, kids' ministry matters. And one area that we've fallen short on um, the last couple of years and we're trying to shore up as well, and we put this up here, student ministry. We've just been praying for God to, to bring... The kids at the right time. And so many of you know of our GLOW ministry. They meet three Sundays out of the month. And again, they're, why do we believe what we believe? It's just wonderful. So they gather weekly, um, encouraging those kids. And a lot of them have started doing it. Not only do they serve every other month in some mission capacity now. So last month they served at the Finding Hope Center um, on a Sunday morning. But we we're trying to do a better job too of just connecting them into serving our church. Because uh, again, their community is slowly shifting as they age and mature, and we want them connected into this church body. But then in addition to that, um, students. We want to start serving teenagers better. And so we did our first quarterly student ministry event two months ago. We're going to ramp that up again in February. Just try to offer that community for teenagers as we just see what God does in building a student ministry here at Living Hope Columbus. And let me encourage you too. Um, we have some people with parents of teenagers or they're aging into that realm. Get them connected serving in our church because again, their community is starting to shift a little bit. They're living in two worlds as they're maturing, and one of the ways that they can also be discipled is by serving in our, our church family, and so we're so, so blessed to be able to do that. So that's future. Kids ministry matters, and I hope you know that when you give, when you serve here, you're making a difference into the future. I'm pretty excited about kids ministry. The next part, so-so, but still pretty excited. Um, the, the next word I want to focus on for just a minute, guys, is the word together, and my friend Jacob's going to come up here. Um, the word together, and one of the areas that we're going to hone in on and focus on these next two years is church community. Really rooted out of Acts 2.42 with the early church, you probably know that, that scripture where it says that they devoted themselves, this early church, to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. I mean, community defined the early church. It was important to the early church, and we want to do a better job. Jacob and Shelby Conley have taken over our our life group structure here, and uh, so many of you have hosted and participated in groups, and so we're just going to continue to do that, and we want to do it better, and we're going to put more emphasis on that thing. So Jacob, just talk for just a, a minute, man. Why are life groups important? Why did you even choose to lead them? Jacob is normally a man that's in the background and a quiet fella, so to get him up here to do this, I'm pretty excited, all right?
2: Yeah, so um I, I guess I'm gonna start off by saying um, from my experience, I was one of those people who came to church and didn't know how to connect people. So you walk around the, the congregation and you see people standing there and it's like maybe I wanna go and talk to them, but like what do you discuss? You know, how do you connect with that person? And so that's pretty much how I how I did church for years. Um and it wasn't until my wife and I started getting involved in life groups. So between over the past two years, we've been hosting and joining life groups. And I can honestly say if you're if you're one of those individuals who is struggling to find connections or needs people around you to encourage you or to uh, invest in you, people you can depend on, people who you can think of as family, um, that's what life group has meant for my wife and I. Um, we've outside of the few people that we started this, this church with and became fast friends with, uh, everybody that we've been in groups with has has grown in our hearts and has been people who I could call up at any time and know that they would do their best to help me in whatever situation I'm in, whether that's Great. prayer, whether that's a situation I'm in I need help with, you know, whatever it may be. And so if you're somebody who is, who's like that, you know, or you're just struggling to, to figure out where you fit in, Life Group is the perfect place to start. You know, between just that encouragement, the support, you know, people helping you find your place, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity.
0: Thanks, man, appreciate that. And so we've set a goal for Life Groups um, over the next two years that we wanna see um, 70% of our adults involved in a group, and uh, also we have women's and men's ministry, which women's ministry has just like kaboomed this year. It's awesome, and the men are like, we just kind of sit around and watch our kids, you know. Um, we're gonna, there's gonna be so much coming up. We're really gonna get that healthy. One of the ideas that Pastor Joe and I had, we're just gonna call one night, just call it steak, and we're just gonna, we're just gonna have steak and just eat it together while we drink Mountain Dews. Like it's gonna be so great, guys, and we're gonna love it. But I, I'm just so excited about just the community aspect. Um, Jacob and Shelby, there's going to be three terms that they've set up this year, guys. I just encourage you to get involved. In addition to that, you guys already know this, but we do, we do quarterly church gatherings. We just get together and have fun. Um, some of those you're aware of, party in the parking lot, party in the country, party on the farm, church has left the building. Why do we do those things? We're just do them to get together and have fun, right? We don't want this to just be a sterile place where it's like, mm, mm, you know, let's have a good time together, And so we're going to continue to to emphasize that. And then the last thing when it comes to community is you need to serve in the church somewhere. If you want to make friends, if you want to be connected here, find a place to serve at least once a month. That's where you meet people. That's where you dig roots into this place. And so really the encouragement, and you're going to hear this a lot more these next two years, is we're praying. That every adult in this church, 85% of them is the goal, but we'd love to see every adult in this church, has a primary ministry team that they serve on at least once a month and a secondary ministry team that they can serve as needed. If they come into a shortage of volunteers, they need extra help with something, we'd love for you to have both of those things because community matters in this church. So now, I'm going to ask our praise team to come up here. Show those pictures up there real quick, Jameson, of the, the gatherings. Just some of the ones where you see my big pumpkin head there on the left. We just, we just want to have fun. Just want to have fun. And so a praise team is going to lead us in a song here. It's my favorite song. Some of you have requested that they sing this. And then after they do that, we're going to transition and take about the last 15 minutes. And this is where we get into big give stuff and mission. Guys, we've done so many things these last five years. And we're going to take everything that we've done whoosh, and we're going to get focused. And I believe with all of my heart that over these next two years, we're gonna see living hope make a greater impact than we have in the previous five. And so will you stand with me? Uh, Let me pray for you real quick. They're gonna lead us in a song, and then we're gonna talk about missions before we close. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you for this church. Pray now as we sing that our voices are a sweet sound through the throne of heaven. We love you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray, amen. That's one of those songs, you've heard me say it before, take a squirt gun, squirt the devil in the eye kind of a thing. I kept thinking of one of y'all with an ice cube, just chucking it through the gates of hell to see what would happen. I love that song. That's a worship song right there. Well, hey, we want to talk about mission. Every year at the Big Give, we always invite missionaries in, and we do all of that stuff. Today looks a little bit different. We're going to hear some videos from them in just a second. But when I was thinking about mission, and uh, we're going to move fast because uh, we're, we're cutting close on time today, um, I kept thinking about Matthew 10, 16 where Jesus says that I send you out like sheep among wolves. You see, we're not just in a battle for our children. We're in a battle for our culture. We're in a battle for so many things in our nation. And we have been tasked, Matthew 5, to be salt and light in a decaying and dying, sin-ridden world. And so we want to hone in our vision. We want to get better at what living hope does well. And so we're going to focus on three things these next two years, our Finding Hope Center an Acts 1-8 strategy and 70% serving. I'll explain that in just a second. The first big piece for us is our Finding Hope Center, y'all. We didn't know five years ago when we started this thing that the Finding Hope Center would be part of our story, but now that it is, we can't imagine living hope without it. I hear so often when people talk of our church that the Finding Hope Center um, just always comes up because it's who we are as a church. Now, one of the things that we're gonna get better at is answering the question, what do we do at the Finding Hope Center? If I were to ask this room this morning, I'd get a variety of answers. Give away furniture, we help people, we do this, we do this, we do that. That's all wonderful. Let me tell you what we do. We provide hope. We provide hope and here's what that exactly means and this is the language that we're gonna start using and I want us to begin to adopt. When we say that we provide hope, it means that we can help with your home, opportunity, permanency and engagement. We can furnish your home with furniture to provide a safe place for your family to come home to every night after you get off work. We can help with opportunity, meaning we have connections with organizations and people within our church to get you a good, well-paying job that hopefully can turn into a career. We want to help with permanency. We've got a new partnership now with an organization called ETSS that has lawyers on retainer to help people with paperwork issues that they may have if they've moved here from another country that we can connect them to. And lastly, we can help with engagement with the local church. By God's grace and for some strange reason, God has brought the nations to Living Hope Columbus, and we love it. Even when I was just sitting down here worshiping a moment ago, my friends over here were singing in Spanish behind me. That'll make a Baptist want to dance if you didn't know that. I mean, that's just awesome. Just awesome that God has chosen to do that. We're working with a gentleman out of Cincinnati where potentially in 2023 an Arabic church is going to meet in our facility on Sunday afternoon so that we can begin to connect the Arab population into a church community as they come to faith in Jesus. The Finding Hope Center is just an amazing thing that we do and that God's allowed us to do. Look at these photos real fast. That was when we got the building. And then look at what it's turned into. That was just last week. Just a couple of quick things for us to think about. And Jenny, I'm going to ask you to come join me up here for a second. In 2022, we have helped upwards of nearly 100 families. Y'all, the Finding Hope Center is booked out right now through March with people coming for appointments. I mean, that's the need that we see in this community. In 2022, we've given away 83 mattresses, 95 comforters, 127 pillows, 135 sheet sets, 50 couches, 35 recliners, 14 kitchen tables, not just sissy kitchen tables. I'm talking like high-end $5,000 kitchen tables. It was awesome when those got donated to us. 120 kitchen appliances, dressers, end tables, lamps, washers, dryers, so many other things. Based on my rough estimate... By December 31st of 2022, our Finding Hope Center will give away upwards of $400,000 worth of stuff to people in the community, all under the umbrella of we're praying with people, we're attempting to share the gospel with people, and we're providing hope. I asked Jenny to come up and just share for just one minute. She's working with the kids today. As many of you know, Jenny's our Finding Hope Center coordinator. Just to say this publicly, our Finding Hope Center wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't for her. She is a wonderful gift to this church. But I just asked her briefly just to share. Jenny, just tell us a story, why you serve. I love bringing up people that hate being on the stage too. I'd love to be back with the kids. (laughs) Yes, but just quickly. Um, Just
3: a real quick story. Years ago when Dan and I first got married, um, we were really rough financially too. And I remember his grandma helped us out with something that we needed. And I remember her telling us then, I don't want you to pay me back. Someday I want you to help somebody. Mm. And that has just resonated with me all these years. And I pray that God will always help Dan and I both to have such a heart to help people. And I pray that God will see fit to use me as his vessel. And I think when we think of the Fine Hope Center, that's what it is. We want these families to come into the Fine Hope Center and we want them to be welcomed with grace, love, and dignity. And I know that there's language barriers, but hopefully with a warm smile and a gentle embrace, we'll know that they're with family or with friends. And then as they get engaged in our church, now we are family. And that's the whole thing. We wanna help them with their immediate need, but we also want to do life with them. We want to share the gospel. We want them to know that they are welcome here. And we, we need them as much as they need us. And if you have an opportunity to um, um, volunteer or even um, contribute items or funds for the Finding Hope Center, we are building God's kingdom. Right. This is wonderful. And it's so great to be part of it.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, Jenny. Very, very thankful for Jenny and her, her role at the Finding Hope Center. But I also asked, Sixto, can you join me up here? I think Joe texted you. If he didn't, this is going to be a surprise to you. He told me he did. He told me he did. Come here for a second. They don't have to go with you. <laughs> we love this guy. And, and I say this from the bottom of my heart. Um, he has turned from a stranger to family for so many of us. He has been a huge part of this story. And Sixo, can you 30 seconds... <laughs> I know that's hard for you buddy but just what's well, just share your heart man yeah. i mean i'm I am genuinely thankful for you thank you,
4: and thank you. Oh, it, it's a surprise for me being here <laughs> okay um what is for me this is something that this center helping me a lot when i get here uh i get Without my family, so I was working to get a better home to stay. Yeah. So, in that moment, they, they came, but I didn't have so many things to share with my family. So, it was a teacher from my Sixth Samuel school that told me about yeah. this place. So, I came here, and I met Joy <laughs> and Jenny, and we were so shy because we need so many things, but mm-hmm. oh, they want to help us, we don't speak too much English, so how can we communicate it? But Joey gave me a big smile and say, Yeah, hey, come on here. <laughs> so he helped me with the furniture and everything, and Jenny said, take it, take it. I said, oh, no, no, I'm so shy. We, we <laughs> cannot, my wife say the same. Yeah. But they wanted so help too much to us that we receive everything. And, and remember that day I say to Joey, hey, what, what is the church? He say, it's next to here, where? So he walked with me inside here and, and showed me the place. Oh, I can't tell you, I feel so peace here. Mm-hmm. I feel so good, so I say to my wife, why not we start coming to the church again? We have like a eight years we didn't come to right. any church. And we start coming here, and, and, and we like it, but be, before the first day we come here, this guy came to my home and bring everything, mm-hmm. and we start, it, uh, arm everything. And yeah. I met this guy, but I met this guy, but I didn't know he was the pastor too.
2: So.
0: <laughs> that first Sunday they came, I yeah. saw him in the hallway and he just shook hands. He's like, "Oh, it's good to see you, good to see." you And he came in and sat down. Then I got up to preach, and you could see his eyes get as big as saucers. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "This guy's the pastor."
4: Yeah. I, he opened the door, so he started walking here. I was behind him, so I realized <laughs> he told here. Oh my God, this is not my place. I go. <laughs> <Another>. <laughs> so I remember the second time that they helping me again, it was one day I was working and my, my wife, she was working too and my phone get fired. Yeah. So oh my god, they called me and say, you hold me some fire. I say, oh my god what happened? Where are my kids? I don't know. What I mean you say is fire? You don't know what yeah, <laughs> happened with my kids. So I don't know who I'm going to call here because so I call this guy and uh, Joey and Aaron and before I get there, they went there, they say everything is okay, so for me it was a big release. I know that I know I have a place to stay. Joe gives me that place to stay that day, and they helping me again. All of you helping mm. me again to start again in my, in my home. But this time I have a, a really big family. Yeah. What is Hope Center for me, for me is love. For me yeah. it's a place where I can find friends, All the time when I'm going to do something new, like I apply for a new job, everything, I say, hey, Joe, Aaron, can you pray for me? Hey, Mm -hmm. let's go. We're going to do it. I got everything. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much for everybody. This is a place that changed
0: life. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Appreciate you, buddy. Thank you so much, Sixto. (laughs) That was good. Yeah. If you've never been to Sixto and Mary's home to have them make arepas for you, you're missing out. Well, we've got all kinds of stories like that, guys, and our, our time is beginning to come to a close. So we need to move um, rather quickly. The other area we're going to focus on in missions we we want to see 70% of our church serving in missions in some capacity the next two years. We're going to share the Acts 18 strategy with you in just a second. But our ministry team, so if you're in kids ministry, we're going to encourage you as a team to serve at the Finding Hope Center. If you're in worship ministry, serve as a team today. Our pastors are doing the appointments at the Finding Hope Center together. Right, So there's so many ways that you can get connected and serve here. But lastly, to close out, and I'm going to ask Megan to join me up here, um, we want to talk about our Acts one strategy. This is where you have the opportunity to give to this. And I unapologetically ask you to give. Giving should not be something that is taboo in the church, look down upon, or you should feel weird about. If God has blessed you, use it to bless other people. When I was in Brazil just a couple of weeks ago, you know how they did their offering? There was a box up front, the worship team played The pastor said, All right, everybody, let's give. And they danced their way down to give their offering together. This is a way we can worship God. It's not something we should be ashamed of. We give what we can and let Jesus multiply it. But over the last couple of years, when it's come to missions, I feel like we've just been kind of shooting in the dark. Like, we're going all over the place, right? We want to hone this thing in, and this is how this is going to work. This is what we do in missions as a church, all right? Now, we love that your grandma bakes cookies in order to help orphaned kittens in Zimbabwe, right? We love that, and we're so thankful, and we'll pray for you. But that's not what we do. This is what we do as a church, and we're calling this the Acts 1-8 strategy. So Megan, uh, again, she's another one that hates being up here. But Megan serves now as our missions coordinator here at Living Hope. And so uh, she worked with us over the summer for three months, Um, helping organize summer mission stuff, mission teams. She crushed it, absolutely crushed it. And then we talked to her about four months ago and said, Megan, what would it look like for you to come and join our team as a missions coordinator? We can't pay you anything, um, but we would love for you to do this. And she has made some pretty wild sacrifices to do that. She quit her job, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah, she quit her job. She's She's got more spirit and joy in her too, if you didn't know that. She recently, you got a nanny job recently, right, to help with that, that side of things, and uh, we're just praying that maybe God opens those doors soon. She's going to be coming on uh, with Send Relief soon as a missionary, and so we're going to work with her to help fundraise some, some money to supplement some of her income. But Megan, real quick, when we think of Acts 1-8, um, what is kind of our, our local missions strategy? We'll talk about that briefly, and then we'll go, go down, but what are we going to be doing in local missions?
5: Yeah, so, oh, I wrote notes so that I can be controlled and I can't mess up. <laughs> Um, The Finding Hope Center, of course. And then our Powell community events, like the Candy by the Carlo, the Memorial Parade, um, and Powell Fest. Uh But we always go all out with our themes. And we just have found a connection with the church that they have amazing props. So if you were a part of Candy by the Carlo, we're going to keep going all out. Um, And then Strategic Church Network, which is
0: so that's kind of our local network of churches here in Columbus. There's 140 of us, right? 140 churches. We partner together with them to plant churches in Columbus. And so uh, Strategic Church Network is great. Actually, one of our deacons' wives works for them. We've given to them the last five years, and it's just a way for us to see more churches planted across Columbus. Um, church plants actually baptize like ten times more people than established churches. If you didn't know that, so if you want to see people reach for the gospel, you got to plant churches. And so we've chosen to partner with them now. Look at this. If somebody comes to us and says, Hey, I've got this local missions thing. We're going to say, That's so neat. Does it fit in the framework of what we do? Because this is what we do. These are the things that we do, these are the partnerships that we have. And we want to pray for you and support you and love you because we love those things. But now, as a five year old church, if we don't get focused as God continues to expand our influence, we're going to be all over the place doing stuff. We can't anymore. So we've got to get super focused on what we do as a congregation, and I pray that you'll get engaged with these things. Now, what about our regional partners, Megan? We've got a few of those as well.
5: Yes, so, which is really cool because we've always supported these, but we're actually going to definitely um, get involved with them. And so One Dublin, of course, so they have like their back to school event that we've always done, but they also have a free store and um, a warehouse that we'll be a part of and get to uh, volunteer there. And then Stowe, Stowe Mission in Columbus, they have, well, actually, this is going to be our first um, in January. We'll go and clean their facility and, I guess, learn about um, what they do, really. Yep. And then they have a community kitchen, block parties, and a toy drive that they do um, in December. And then CBO and SIN Network, so like Grace um, Church down in Harrison, we partner with them. So just opportunities with him Austin down there
0: yep so again with each of these hey Aaron I've got this partner that's two hours away from here that I think we should we love that so much this is what we do and there's gonna be a lot of opportunities to connect with our regional partners we've worked with one Dublin for several years still mission for several years we're actually gonna go on site serve at the soup kitchen pregnancy resource center so much and send network Megan briefly mentioned so strategic church network helps us plant churches in Columbus Send Network helps us plant churches in Ohio and around the nation. Um, so in Ohio this year, because of you're giving, there's 40 new churches in the state of Ohio that are reaching people with the gospel. In the United States, there's 900 new churches because we give to those organizations to see the gospel move forward, right? I mean, it's amazing. So we not only have local missions, regional missions, this is new for us. And I'm so excited about this, I might take off my shoe and throw it to the back of the room because we are actually this summer going to take our first international mission trip as a church ever. Tell them about it. Oh. What are they? We're praying through, we're pretty excited about this. We're praying through four locations. So talk yeah. about those first and then we'll explain okay, what we're doing. Okay,
3: so
5: to keep you on your toes, the first one is Atlanta, Georgia this summer, which is really cool. So that's through Send Relief, they have a ministry center down there. Um, and they do a lot of outreach to immigrants and refugees, which is lovely because that's what we do. Yep. And then, um, so Aaron has already built connections with Cuba yep. and Brazil, yep. so those are two wonderful options. But, oh, it's already up there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can cover it.
5: <laughs> London, England. Yeah. So we would partner with a local church nearby, um, but details are to come. So, we're, yeah, we're just really trying to navigate... Um, some partnerships with international uh, opportunities and missionaries to see where that will go in the future after 2023.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much, Megan. So guys, think about this. This summer in July, we're going to provide an opportunity for you to go to London. If you've never been to London, you're going to be able to get the hat and all the gear and stuff when you're there. See the Eiffel Tower in London? Is that Paris? I don't know anything about London. Here's what I do know is that there's Muslim refugees who are studying university there and we can share the gospel with them there in London, England. And so what we're doing after that, we're going to send a team there this July. Then after that, we're going to convene together, get our elders, our deacons and get together and just pray and say, all right, Lord, starting in 2024, who do we need to establish a long-term partnership with and go back year after year after year, multiple times a year to build some long-term relationship internationally with someone And so we saw 75 people give their lives to Jesus in Brazil just a few months ago. We've seen dozens of people give their lives to Jesus in Cuba. So lots of opportunity coming up um, in those, those areas, and we want you to be involved. So locally, we got what we do. Regionally, we got what we do. International, we're praying through what we do. Here's the deal. I love, again, your grandma bakes cookies to help orphaned kittens in Zimbabwe, and we will pray for you so hard. Maybe not for kittens, but if it's something better than that. But this is what we do. This is what we do. Now, I have some videos I want to show you, but we're going to show them after the service because our time is running short. Um, When I get excited about something, I just keep going, all right? And so I want to show you how you can give this year. And I know this looks different, but I I pray and beg I'm just going to ask you, give generously this year. In order for us to move the ball down the field, we have to give. My family, we gave earlier this week, plus we're going to make a monthly contribution as well. Um, It's going to be sacrificial for us. Giving should hurt a little bit, by the way. Um, It should be a little bit of a sacrifice for us, and we should want to do that. But I want to show you that when you give this year, where everything is going to go, real quick, and then we'll begin to close. Um, When you give $1, 20% of that dollar is going to go directly to our Finding Hope Center. So we can continue to do what we do at the Finding Hope Center, providing hope to people, 20%. 20% of your dollars is going to be in a fund to help us with community outreach, so things like our PAL Festival, our Memorial Day Parade, our Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner outreaches that we do. So many things we do locally, Candy by the Carload is another one, to bless this community and be a light shining out um, to people all across Northwest Columbus. 17.5% of your giving is going to go locally here in Columbus to plant churches like the Strategic Church Network, through that organization to plant churches here locally. 17.5% is gonna to go to the SEND Network to help us plant churches in Ohio and around the nation. We put a big chunk of that money towards church planting through those organizations because it matters. If you wanna see people reached with the gospel, you have to start churches. And so we believe in those two organizations. 10%, we've never done this before, is gonna to go to the Stowe Mission on Parsons Avenue. That's going to help with things like the Pregnancy Resource Center, their Soup Kitchen, Eye Clinic, so many other things. It's going to help them directly. And then lastly, we're saving. We're going to tithe our Big Give back to specific churches. So for example, we gave to Grace Church on the west side of Cincinnati last year. We gave them a portion of our Big Give offering, and that helped them get into their first permanent facility this next year. There's a church that meets at Stowe Mission that's already reached out to us and says, hey, can I have a piece of the big give pie? Okay, we'll see. We don't know where we're gonna give all that, but we're gonna tie that back to church planting. Do you notice up there that like a huge percentage of it goes to church planting? Do you know why that is? And I'll, I'll, I promise I'm done. Because if there wasn't churches around North America that gave a huge percentage of their missions offerings to church planting, we wouldn't exist. Guys, we gotta, we gotta do this. And I kept thinking, Pastor Joe, I know you're going to sing that song, Is He Worthy, but can we do the other one, please, again? Is that okay? I think we need to sing like really loud and just get after it. I kept thinking about this this week. Why should you give this week? Why would you? Why would you? The reason that I think we should, and I think you would agree, is because we want to see people around the throne of heaven singing that song, The Great I Am, with us. And if that means that I can't stop at Starbucks and get a $5 coffee, if that means that i got to eat at home instead of going out to dinner to give up that $40 to the big give this month, if that means i got to sacrifice a little bit on some Christmas presents, if that means i got to, so be it. Because what did I say in the very beginning? My expiration date's coming. And I'm not going to get to heaven and Jesus is going to say, man, I'm so proud of the life that you built and the house that you bought and the cars that you had. He's not gonna care. He's gonna say, what did you do with the things that I gave you to see one more person get into my kingdom? Praise team, will you guys come up? Y'all, can we just praise Jesus one more time with our voices? And we're gonna, what we're gonna do here, I'm gonna ask you to stand. I'm gonna ask the ushers to come. We're gonna have a moment of just singing and offering and chaos, and it's gonna be great. And I'm asking you, the big give offering is going to be going on for four weeks, so you don't have to give today if you didn't come prepared. That's okay. But while we're singing this song, maybe you just spend a moment and you prayed it personally between you and God as you're singing. You had this blue little card in your seat today. And maybe you just pray and you say, Lord, how should I contribute? Remember, it's not equal gift, but it's equal sacrifice here at Living Hope. Maybe you can do more than someone else. Maybe you can't do quite as much. That's fine. But take this moment and just pray, Lord, what would you have me give? And if you came prepared today, you can drop that in that plate, you can drop it in the black boxes when you come out, that's totally up to you. Maybe you're gonna pray the rest of this week, you can go online, you can bring it next week, we're gonna continue to emphasize this. But I just keep asking God that all of us would participate in some way. Because if we really wanna see that transforming presence across Northwest Columbus for generations, if we wanna see the gospel go forth, I unashamedly tell you that it will be, part of that will happen because we give. We gotta do it. So let me pray for us as we sing. They're gonna pass those plates. Let's sing, guys, as loud as we can, and then we'll close. God, we love you. Thanks for this church. We gotta pray in this moment that you'd speak to our hearts in a very clear way. As we ask God, well, how would you have us contribute to what you're doing through this story? Pray our voices are a sweet sound through the throne room of heaven. We love you. In Jesus name we pray. Amen.